What if I told you that there's a cure for chronic pain? Yes, for that pain you were told you would just have to manage. And what if I told you that that cure is already inside of you? Would you believe me? Welcome to the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing podcast, where we talk about how to truly alleviate chronic suffering. I'm your host, Felicia Jaramus, and today you are listening to episode number 22. And in this episode, I speak with Daniel Van Musbrook, who experienced chronic fatigue, so my first chronic fatigue guest, and what an amazing, incredible story Daniel has to share with you in this episode. So I don't want to give away too much, but Daniel experienced some really, really, really quite severe symptoms of chronic fatigue. They went on for really quite a long time. And it's when you listen, I think I was even I was astounded by the depths of the symptoms that the mind can create. But overall, this is a really remarkable, really interesting episode. And I really just love Daniel's energy. Well, Daniel is recovered now from chronic fatigue syndrome and he has on offer a recovery program and he also does some coaching and you can find his range of offerings at cfshealing.com. He targets his offerings at people experiencing chronic fatigue, but as we discuss in the episode, it's uh, TMS, TMS, TMS. So he really focuses on uncovering the repressed emotions so if that's something you want to check out, go ahead and have a look at his website. The recovery program is free to have a look at. Um, great resources there. Really quickly, something I wanted to talk to you about on the side is talking to Daniel got me inspired to go and check out some more breathwork. I've always said breathwork is such an amazing tool. It was really phenomenal for me. But I'd only ever really tried more of the slow breathing, kind of down-regulating breath works I'd never tried any of the more um, hyperventilation style breath works you know the conscious connected breathing the holotropic sort of style of breath work so anyway I went and gave it a try and I had a really amazing experience so for so long I've kind of felt like there's something kind of stuck in my throat like this ball I've always described it as this like ball of something in my throat and anyway Midway through the breath work, I just started laughing uncontrollably. I felt all this like laughter, laughing and laughing and laughing coming out of my throat. And then after the session, that kind of ball of energy, that ball of stuckness is completely gone. And that's been there <laughs> for as long as I can remember. So obviously I had laughter stuck in my throat, quite literally. And, you know, there was a whole bunch of other things, emotional releases. There was tears. There was um, coughing, I guess. There was quite a few things that went on. It was quite an intense experience. Definitely don't recommend it if you're new to this space. Some body comfort is probably going to make the experience much better for you. And you'll hear Daniel sort of talk about this as well in the episode. Oh, and I should say as well, one of the amazing things about the breathwork for me was several days afterwards, I went to visit a friend, a close friend of mine, and she actually said to me, your voice sounds a little bit different. So actually releasing that kind of ball of stuckness had such an effect that my friend could hear the difference in my, my voice. So anyway, 
I will leave it at that and I will leave you to go on to the episode. First things first, obviously, my disclaimer. Um, but yeah, enjoy. I am a provisional psychologist with my PhD or my doctorate in education, but I'm not a medical doctor. So all of the content that I provide about mind-body healing in any medium, including but not limited to this podcast and my social media channels, is for informational purposes only. No content provided by me is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The purpose is to promote broad understanding and knowledge of various health topics. If you choose to use any information provided by me, you do so solely at your own risk. Always seek the guidance of your doctor or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition. Do not embark on a mind-body healing journey until you have the clearance from your healthcare practitioner to do so, until you have discussed how to apply mind-body healing to your own individual case. The methods discussed by guests on the show are not necessarily endorsed by me. Welcome to the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Jaramus, and today I'm here with Daniel Van Losbrook. Is that correct? That's how you pronounce it? I like your pronunciation. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So Daniel is a mind body coach who focuses on emotional healing and specifically in the area of chronic fatigue. And that's due to your own experience with chronic fatigue, I believe. Yes, yes. That was my symptom at the time. And I thought it was really different than pain, but it's so similar. <laughs> so it's um, I, it's all very similar, I think. It's all different labels for the same thing is my perspective on on TMS. and um, But anyway, so maybe to get us started, we'll talk a little bit about your chronic fatigue journey, and then we can talk a little bit about your work in coaching. So... Can you tell me, yeah. I guess, in as much detail as you like about your journey with chronic fatigue? Yeah, that's good. And I, and I was already thinking about what you said, like how pain is similar than fatigue. Um, like last month, I, I'm doing some intense breath work that, so that allows mm. um, emotions to come up and my brain doesn't want them, you know? Yeah. So then I, 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 one day I was like a bit annoyed maybe irritated some form of unproductive anger and I got back pain instantly off just turned my back and I had back pain and I was laughing about it I was like oh my god now I got back pain and I was like telling everyone I've got I've I've got back pain and then I did the the work that I do with coachings and uh, then half an hour later the back pain was gone yeah I was trying to grab your attention distract you from that emotion yes yes (laughs) Yeah, so in my own journey, um, it was it was 2014. I ended a really toxic relationship, mm-hmm. and I had in the end of 2013, uh, sort of like a mystical spiritual experience that blew my mind. And from there on, I was completely a co- completely different human from from one day to the next. 
and my energy was sort of vibrating much stronger and everything that I wanted almost manifested. It was, I don't know, it was something really shifted and, and I felt safe for the first time in my life. Mm. And then I, things were really going really well and I was like getting really rich. I was, um, I was a comedian uh, at the time. And then one day to the next, after taking a drug on, on King's Day in the Netherlands, um, I woke up with what I now call a crash. It's like mm -hmm. a severe protection mechanism. It's like even worse than fatigue. My body was completely shut down and that, I, that, that state came back over and over again. And then I started developing as well fatigue as a, as a TMS symptom. And it didn't last long for me to, to before I needed to stop working. Uh, because I was so exhausted and I was as well so stressed about, you know, fighting my symptoms, mm. uh, making sure that I could keep on going in life with, you know, I had a new girlfriend at the time and I wanted to stay successful as a company, as a comedian. Um, so it didn't last long before I had to give up work. And then, you know, then what? Then, then I woke up every day, later and later, sometimes even at noon. Mm -hmm. And really letting myself fall into it. And of course, everybody looks into diets. So I tried all the different diets then. I, didn't, I don't think that really helped me. That made things a bit worse with the candida um, die off and going off carbs and all these extreme things. Uh, what, I'm not, what I was not used to, uh, you know, on top of all the stress on my body. And then I even had to give up living on my own because I could not do groceries anymore. I could, could hardly get out of bed. Mm. Um, and then I had to live with my stepdad for many years, being really exhausted, nothing, not really understanding. Doctors didn't know anything. So yeah, that was sort of my hell. That must have been uh, kind of like going from that real high you were having to being just that exhausted yeah it was crazy. really it was really strange yeah mm. and uh you know everybody judges like uh, you know just come on you're not i'm tired as well and there's nothing wrong with you the doctors say and maybe you should go to a psychologist oh isn't uh, that the like, worst there's nothing wrong with you oh <laughs> 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 well sometimes i say this right now to clients just to bend their perspective there's nothing wrong with you. Just some yeah. TMS symptoms and maybe some, some stress because the stress that we have in order to resist these kind of situations and emotions and symptoms. It's, it's funny. It's funny though, because now if I have a TMS symptom that will pop up that I will tell myself, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with me, but it's like <laughs> <laughs> when it comes from a TMS perspective, it's like useful, but when it's like, yeah, before then. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with you. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit um, uh, provocative. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> but um, yeah, at some point I could not open my eyes anymore because I had, uh, you know, I was so stressed. So, you know, there was all kinds of secondary symptoms like uh, dry eyes. Um, uh, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't even remember all the symptoms that I, developed from 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 stress and from tms but i could not really get out of bed and walk or even talk i was too tired to concentrate on listening 
to what my mom was trying to say and I could barely have enough strength to make words my own. So it's really a sort of a low end, but I ref that, that moment I refused, like, no, I don't want to be one of those guys in the dark room um, with, you know, like putting something over my ears mm. that I don't hear anything anymore. Like, I don't want to go further with this. And my thoughts were like rampant all the time. And I was like, all oh, these thoughts are so stupid. Like I'm laying here in bed for over a year right now. What's there to think about? And I decided that it was all nonsense anyway, because I could not do anything. So why would I think? Why would I want to be somewhere else? Because I can't. And then it just stopped. My thoughts just disappeared. Uh, that was a really cool experience that lasted like six months. And after like 45 minutes or something of no, no thoughts, I felt so much better already because that was the resistance, you know, I was fighting the whole time my, my situation and, and fighting fight or flight energy is really stressful and it's exhausting. So when the stress hormones lowered, which happened like within 45 minutes, I could open my eyes again and I went for a walk for like a five minute walk or something. So that was the start of my turnaround. Uh, but then I, you know, I, I was only dealing with the secondary symptoms and I did not have a clue about the primary TMS symptoms yet. Mm. Um, yeah. And then over the years I had, I have done, I done, I did a lot of things. I did the brain retraining uh, course that told me to deny my emotions, uh, which helped a little bit with the secondary symptoms as well. And then I went, a lot of times just to, to go to tropical beaches um, because I thought I can be tired everywhere. Why not at a beach in Thailand? I like so that. I spent, <laughs> I spent, I spent months uh, in the tropics on beaches and I was a bit lonely in the beginning. So I went to hostels. Um, hostel is like a, a dorm, six bad dorms and, and those kind of things and a bit more upscale uh, hostels. With some luxury and i had a really good time and i think that told my brain that it was safe mm. and after just like a week or something in in such a place my symptoms completely disappeared but then i had to go home eventually because of you know the visa and uh, and other things and then at home it all, it all started again so mm. I, I knew there was something there but i could not you know spend the rest of my life at, at, at a beach that was impossible mm. so then i really dived into you know tms john sarno um but i was fascinated by the story from the woman who remembered that she was um i don't know what's her name but she had like um she was like a raped or from a sexual crime or somehow um and she was so angry and he told he he wrote in the book that she started um, crying and screaming and you know like having all these release signals and became so angry and then after that the symptoms disappeared disappeared so I remember that, that one yeah is that one in the um, what is it oh what's the book called the, the the divided mind I think that one's in yeah could be I've read I read, I read a few of his books. And I was like, I'm going to 
learn everything about this phenomenon. Like he said, it's just luck, but I didn't believe it. Uh, so I did a lot of um, courses to learn about emotional release techniques because I wanted to make a skill from this. And pretty soon I was uh, having some skills, some basic skills, and I managed to, to do this. So when there was um, a symptom, maybe I woke up in the morning because usually symptoms came for me at night because then I was relaxed. So then they could boil up. I didn't really understand it at the time. So then in the morning, I started doing these release techniques that make me feel better almost instantly. And yeah, now we are like um, a few years further and I'm an emotional therapist. And this is what I do. I help people release the emotions that cause symptoms. And that's, uh, um, it's, it's been the sole reason why I, why I recovered myself. Because I don't think, for me, it was enough to know just about the TMS distraction theory because I was severely traumatized and my whole body was full of uh, really difficult emotions, lots of fear, lots of self-worth issues because of the um, shame, mm. lots and lots of anger. Um, but most of all, I, what I was dealing with was a five-year-old inner child for myself that I was completely traumatized and who had to give up on himself in order to you know move through it all these difficult feelings uh, that happened and it was it was not just one big trauma but it was like every day was a trauma for that for the little boy that I once was because mm -hmm. you know I didn't fit in very sensitive very emotional bullied um, at home, it was lots of violence. Uh, the school, uh, the teachers were very mean and they couldn't deal with emotional children. So they locked me up in closets. Mm. Um, so life was just sort of an ongoing nightmare for the five-year-old boy. And I did not really remember anything from that time again. So for me, the work was really to dive in uh, emotional, emotionally. And to release that's what i do i do the releases uh releases are crying sweating screaming um, yelling uh, vomiting gagging laughing sometimes uh, well i'll probably forget a few release techniques but they happen from itself when, when we connect with uh, the emotion the inner child and give it what it needs then this just happens automatically. And it's not, it's not comfortable. Sometimes people have symptoms and that's because they resist the emotion. So yeah, doing the release, is, it's not something you would like, hey, let's do it. And it's, it's an amazing experience to cry and, and scream and, and feel like the absolute worthless child that you once were. But the benefits from it can be that like within a few minutes, uh, the symptoms disappear completely. So that's a benefit. Firstly, I just want to say that I'm really sorry for that five-year-old little boy and everything that he went through and everything that you know, you've been through, obviously, in your life. It's everything at that age and the fatigue that's happened afterwards. Really, really tough. Um, and you've just been so unbelievably brave. Um, but on the emotion side... <clears throat> yeah I find this so fascinating 
it was not long ago I had this massive headache coming on and it was like it was enormous and I knew that it was like there was an emotion under there so I laid down and I said what am I like struggling to feel right now and then I got really angry so I felt like the hotness the shaking and then my headache was gone completely gone just like that that's just like a you know that's amazing yeah yeah the way it works, the way you just like you feel that emotion and what and then the symptoms gone. So and there you go. Yeah, if someone would have told me that like I don't know, six years ago or something, then I would have I would have been very angry on on that person. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have to be careful in the way we uh, we express these things. Yeah, I think so. I think I've come, I've changed really rapidly in my understanding of things. Um, so I guess in saying that, if someone had told you this six years ago, you would have gotten really angry. I guess what was it for you that helped you to um, believe in this work, I guess, to change your perspective? Yeah. Um, actually, in the very beginning, when I was still working, there was a Reiki uh practitioner and she always mentioned she always managed that i could keep working for two more days so i went to her for like two twice or three times a week to get some help (laughs) so that she already told me about uh, teal swan and emotional healing so i was doing that a little little bit in the beginning but i was expecting um, drastic results which did mm-hmm. not happen because there was no connection with my unconscious mind yet. And when I was like in the tropical beaches every time and going home and then, uh, you know, I went home for a funeral once and that was very emotional. And then I had a relapse. And there was also once after a tropical beach experience where I had a, a sort of a girlfriend experience But that didn't last long because that was also like sort of my coping um, to get together with someone that represents my mother (laughs) in the attachment theory. Uh, So that lasted only four weeks, but I was completely crazy. I was like, I spent six months without thought before that. So I was like, I was like a little child first thinking again, having my first desire again after many years. So that was really going strange. I was really emotional started having panic attacks and then I was like worse after that worse than my worst point before so I noticed that there was an emotional component that I had to un- understand but I didn't understand it really good at that time I must say you had a pretty um you know when you think of life having that spiritual experience and having six months without thoughts like that's pretty uh, unique, I guess. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. There are more people who had the exact same experience, but, um, but there's not really a name for it. Yeah. But I think if a soul is just so extremely traumatized, so much in pain, then mm. sometimes these moments happen. It's just sort of like a a signal or something from hey, from from the real the real soul that we are. There is something else, you know, like life doesn't have to be a to-do list. Life doesn't have to be a struggle. Um, There can be silence. There can be peace because from at that moment, I didn't know there was silence or peace 
all I know was, you know, to do list and struggle. And because that's, there was no comparison anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it becomes normal. We, we accept it. We accept the, the struggle of life. Mm. Yeah, I remember when I started doing this work and my mind started to calm down as my nervous system was calming and I would have, I would have moments. I never had six months, but I have moments where my mind would be empty. And mm. even like now I have longer and longer moments where I, without thought, but it's like, at first it was pretty scary for me. I was like, this doesn't feel normal, <laughs> but now it's pretty beautiful. Yeah. And I, I must, I, I've, I've, I've been a lot in that phase, but now recently, because I'm, you know, with the company I'm working and having a dog house <laughs> partner um i must say like i have less and less of these empty moments mm. and so i must i must pretty like do something to get into that state being offline for example um and really take moments for myself to 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 build that in mm. so one of the um things you have on your your website one of the things that um really resonated with me um is this kind of phrase you've got here it says years of disease completely changed my life it has been my greatest gift disguised as my worst nightmare so i was wondering if you could talk just a little bit on that phrase for listeners who you know might be in the thick of it yeah yeah so i was um I was uh, working as a comedian um, because that was like in 2014, 13, 15, and even a little, little bit of 2016. I'm a comedian. That was my coping mechanism to make people like me because mm. I felt not liked because I did not like myself, but I did not know it was just an inner thing that was representing itself in the external world. Um, mm. Because if we don't allow our emotions, which happens when we uh, grow up on this planet, uh, where we think that we are sort of robots, we hate ourselves, self-hatred. And then we engage in coping mechanisms to get from the outside world what we actually want from ourselves. And I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be accepted, belonging, um, loved. I wanted to be loved. So my coping mechanism as a child was because I was pretty funny to work as a comedian. And I'm not funny anymore, by the way, now. It's sort of, it's sort of really stressful for me to, to be that part. Mm. Um, yeah, so that means that whenever I was involving myself with trying to come up with, you know, like uh, with jokes, that was really stressful. And then the work was as well really stressful. And then I felt sort of love when people were clapping and laughing. But after that, there was just emptiness and really not really a nice kind of emptiness, but sort of like I could feel the pain, you know, that, that I was really having mm. because they, you know, the, the, the public, the audience, they cannot give me what I actually needed and no one could. And I was the only one who could and only the fatigue and all the severe symptoms and years of being in bed that made me able to eventually um, stop, 
stop the stress response, stop the coping mechanisms. And then I started connecting with myself and that was painful, of course, um, as a traumatized being. But yeah, after that, after the pain lies beauty. It's like sort of the um, storm and you go to the eye of the storm. This was already a good thing. But on after that, when the storm calms down, there is just pure beauty and bliss. And whenever there is an emotion or something comes up, because you know I'm I'm human and my body is still full of of trauma, I think, but it gets better and better. So whenever there comes something up, you know I feel restless and maybe I get symptoms, and then I do the work, the tools that I teach, and and then after after that, maybe it's only twenty minutes later. I feel so amazing, like so conscious awareness in the moment. I don't have to do anything. So at peace. And that's just beautiful. And if I didn't have the the fatigue and and the chronic fatigue for, for so many years, then I would still be that old Daniel, um, seeking to get, you know, the next round of applause, which is just shallow and, and not why I'm here on this planet because it, it's just empty. Mm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So it really sounds like it's the symptoms that offered you the doorway to true healing, what you really needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something I hear like over and over again from people who have recovered that it was actually a gift for them, and it was for me too, like, I can I, we I, we just talked in the before we uh, start recording. Mm. Um, you know, I I speak to people every day with TMS symptoms and chronic fatigue syndrome, and everybody is stressed. And then, you know, I'm here on the same device, having the same microphone. I'm talking to you. <laughs> You're so peaceful, <laughs> and I and I, and it's beautiful. So yeah, yeah, it's lovely. I can already, yeah. Because I was gonna say, I never I guess, used to be that way. <laughs> you were very peaceful too, actually. It's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we might um, talk a little bit more about some of the work you do um, with people and your coaching. And so I've had a look around your website, and I really like the look of the recovery program and things you've got going. So you can can you talk a little bit about that and what you do? Yeah, um, so I started um, 2020, 2021, I started coaching people. Um, But that was exhausting because I had to explain the same principles every time. So we didn't do any coaching. Mm. So I started um, making up sort of like recordings for things that was still pretty amateuristic. Um, So people just, you know, didn't need me. Well, so that I don't need to say the same things over and over again because it was annoying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it started. Uh, then I made a, a little bit better version uh, two and a half years ago. And because the quality was still not so good, um, so I started giving it for donations and didn't really get a lot of donations from it. People just give me uh, gave me like one cent. <laughs> one cent <laughs> for it. <laughs> that was not not getting rich from it but people uh, wanted more coachings and so in the last year it really picked up 
um, doing a lot of coachings. And I really improved the recovery program with lots of guided sessions and audio files and new videos. And so it's really professional right now, I think. Um, yeah. It's almost at the level where I'd like it to be. And, you know, learning more about people because I've helped now hundreds of people and thousands of people have done the program. So I get a lot of feedback and I'm always like, well, how can it be better? How can it become easier? And understanding more and more what, how this release works, work, work, how the release work works. Uh, so I get, yeah, I, I, um, I keep, keep changing it and learning so much from the people uh, that I work with, because, you know, sometimes like it was two years ago when I was having a coaching and the man suddenly wasn't, he was not angry. So I was like, are you not angry on life? And he was, he didn't want to talk about it because he thought that anger was something bad. Mm. And then, but I was like redirecting him because I started really at that point, I started really noticing when people were like ditching my, my, my questions, which is now a tool that I use all the time. What, what, what are people not willing to say? You know, it's like, they always, they always make nice stories and then I have to listen to what they're not saying. So he started focusing on his anger and he got really tired. And he said, like, I have to, I have to stop the call. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then we went through that anger. That was the first time that I really did that with a client. We went through it and then all his anger disappeared. And then I know, okay, this is the way. Because, it, you know, doing your own recovery is one thing, but then helping others, that's really something else. So then I've been, yeah, like really focusing on learning the tools to, to do this and to, um, to help people connect with their unconscious mind, to stop them from being stressed, stop the coping mechanisms of fight, flight, and hide from ourselves uh, so that they can actually enter their unconscious mind so that they have the ability to let these emotions come up and then applying the tools for them uh, that the emotions um, uh, can be released. And yeah, sh sh you mentioned shaking and shivering. That's also one of them. Mm. And yeah, then gradual, we go more extreme with the program. And now I'm working on remaking the last module with intense breath work. Because if we do that, because if we build up slowly, you know, we start with journaling a little bit and start with being present, like mindfulness and becoming aware of our beliefs. That's how it really starts. And then we go more extreme every time. And then we go, we end up now with breath work. And if you do like a breath work round, then after that, people will just have to cry. Like they, they cry sometimes for an hour and then it, it just all comes out and there, there is no tools anymore that we need to, you know, connect with the inner child and things are just coming out. And so that's basically how I work right now. <laughs> so there are on the website, there are guided meditations to help you through this, but People often want to start with the most extreme things because they think that this can help them. Oh, yeah. People are always in a rush. I was too. But you have to yeah. Go <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it doesn't work when you have no connection with your anger. So you have no ability to feel anger or just slight, maybe you're irritated sometimes. But um, doing that an anger release meditation 
is going to create a lot of symptoms because your mind still has some form of control and thinks that it can protect you from it. So that's not really a good idea. And the mm-hmm. same counts for, uh, anger, for, for fear and shame, unworthiness. Um, if, you, if you can't feel that properly, then you can't do those. You can't do the work immediately. So it's, it's sort of a gradual buildup. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think um, in my own experience, I actually had no clue that I couldn't feel my emotions either because I had not felt them for such a long time. I don't know, probably since I was a child that I didn't know I wasn't feeling them. I was thinking them. I was like thinking about stuff, but I was never feeling anything in my body. So it was like, like I couldn't even identify that it wasn't uh, you know, happening. Yeah, that, and that's, that's for everyone. Um, the case in the beginning, they're thinking their emotions. Um, then they start becoming aware of it. And that's not usually the best phase, uh, especially if they rush through the program yeah. because then they're anxious. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, what is anxiety? Um, that's usually um, a coping need to control because of excessive fear. So then the question is, where is the fear? And then the fear is always in the lungs. Um, so we connect with the fear. We breathe through it, do some breath work, some inner child work. Then they start feeling their fear. Symptoms ramp up. And if they feel it through, maybe it winds down. Uh, but if, it, if they go rushed, then they need to do some homework uh, to, to let it wind down. Otherwise, um, yeah, you know, you can't rush it. Mm. One of the interesting things you've said, and you've said it a couple of times when you were talking about that client who was getting really um, sleepy about the anger and it's like, what are people not willing to say? And then when you're talking about your own story and you're talking about how you don't have a lot of, you didn't have a lot of memory from childhood. And I think that's really um, just an observation. It's the, what are you not willing to look at, think about, feel, say? I think that's really important in this work. Yeah. What are you missing? Yeah. And when people talk, like I always let them just talk, you know, they all want to get on with their lives. Um, so they, they mention what they want. And I start listening to that, but I write down always the opposite. <laughs> because why do you want a certain, a certain thing? It's because you're in the opposite. So they don't want to feel the opposite. But they want what you know what, what their desire, which is the opposite of how they feel. So by 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 listening to what they want, what is important for them, um, I already know what the point is. So people they want to be good, like a lot of people nowadays. They they're goodest, you know. Like it's a bit political uh, political right now as well. Mm. So they they want to be goodest, uh, perfectionist. Uh, they want to be good good father, a good mother good person i don't like the word person by the way but um yeah so who wants to be a good person that's someone who feels he is a bad person so there is a feeling of being being bad um people want to be earn money because they feel poor people want to um, want to want a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a partner because they feel unloved so that's the things that i'm working with then the feeling of being bad, being poor, being unloved. And then we find these feelings in the body. 
and we give it the love uh, that they want from outside of themselves or we give it the recognition that they would love to have and then the feeling dissolves if we do it completely if we manage that it's not always easy to manage this directly especially not when people don't have a clue what I'm going to do (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if we can dissolve the feeling of being unloved maybe only a fraction or maybe completely and then there is no desire anymore to get a girlfriend like no one there is no desire to become a good person anymore so then there are just silence and they feel calm and they're they're not coping uh you know coping is uh fight flight or hide energy that you uh, do to get away from yourself then people come and then you know there we get all often these 80 or 90 percent recoveries that that happen when people calm down mm. yeah and uh and i don't need the, the symptoms of course because if you are getting symptoms to prevent you from feeling unloved and you feel unloved and you live it through and you love it yourself then there is no need for symptoms so the symptoms can disappear really really fast we start loving the unlovable and then therefore it just just dissolves it's um it's so many things are because because we are part of a duality here on, on and in this life and and we want one part of it like extremely and therefore we fight the other part but when we look at the part that is right there right now it just dissolves and then there is no duality anymore and that's the place where we calm down where we feel good mm-hmm. sort of buddhism right yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah people want to be strong because they feel weak so they need to and then they are they are so so life is actually really funny as well so they 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 want to be strong, but they are so weak that they have chronic fatigue syndrome. They can barely stand or speak, but they still want to be strong. But life is just putting it into their face that they're weak. And as soon as they accept it, it dissolves. <laughs> so all they need to do is just look at what is there right now. It's interesting work. It is interesting work. And it's always... I don't know, the more I learn, the more amazed I am, the more like it just feels like you'll never know. You're always going to be learning something new about this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really nice. You're, I, I didn't follow um, psychologist uh, training, what you were doing. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just from cl- what I learned from clients and myself and emotional healing. Emotion, I'm an th- emotional therapist, not not psychological. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, you learned- so, yeah. I think you learn the most from other people, like from doing that from yourself and others. That's where you learn the most, I think. Yeah. And I'm also in the process of making uh, a meditation called a wordiness shower. So mm-hmm. people, we, we do some, we, some, some breath work to calm mm-hmm. down, to, come, to get really into the body. And then a meditation after that, which what I imagine people to, to sit as their inner child. So, you know, you connect with your inner child. And so you feel that you are, that that's you because that it's been you all the time. It's your inner child that you've, that is just obviously there. So people embody like their little children, but then we're going to sit with that 
and imagine that you know we can run away from from home maybe or go to a safe place and then uh it's, it sounds a bit stupid or a bit strange maybe but we imagine that there is a um a cloud with golden rain coming to to wash us free from the illusions and give us back our true worthiness that we really are and we don't have to do anything and we're so loved for who we are and just imagining this is so powerful mm. so that's what i also do yeah <laughs> yeah i really like that i really i would do that one i really like that <laughs> mm. yeah mm. okay um so i think we're sort of um coming to the end i guess um I also wanted to ask maybe for people who are kind of in the, mm, I guess chronic fatigue is one of those things where it can take forever to finally get a label for it. And then you wonder like, is this really what I have? And then, you know, the medical profession doesn't really have a lot of answers for you. So for those people Mm. who are kind of in that like doubt phase of like, you know, what do I do with this? What would you, what would you tell them? Well, they are, um, you know, I've been there myself, you know, I was diagnosed with Lyme, Epstein-Barr virus. Um, and then there, there's all these stories that there is mitochondrial damage in the cells. Um, you need to take supplements um, or maybe there, it's a, it's a tooth that needs to be extracted. <laughs> a t- that's a new uh, one tooth. i've never heard that one yeah that's even what they said to me i've got a dead tooth in my mouth mm. uh, but don't feel like removing it to be honest mm. <laughs> because i have to put some metal in it <laughs> 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 doesn't feel good for me uh yeah so well and, and i forget even more things like people also think it's because their spine is weak that they c- can't have that they don't have the energy doesn't have the power to hold the head up straight or something <laughs> so then they they do spine surgeries i don't know that's really extreme mm. um and then they have no results but it's still working for them because you know it's like it's it's, it's a distraction so of course you need these things that these protocols that you need to do for the rest of your life and maybe after six years of doing the right diet then you're finally worthy to heal so you put always your worthiness in the future. So I think, to be honest, like I, if people are not ready, then they're not ready. Yeah. Like I needed, I needed really lots of years to go on this path. Yeah, me too. And and so many people they they start the program because it's you know it's still donation based, so it's it's cheap, and they do one module or two modules, then they rush to something like neuroplasticity, your brain retraining that's in the seventh module that they heard good stories about do that email me it's not working um and maybe uh i'll answer and and then the next week i i see that because i'm still in those facebook groups to see what what's going on (laughs) i see that they're already doing something else uh, another diet or another supplement or um yeah i don't think they're already yeah i think it plants a seed though and then maybe you know five years now from now <laughs> yeah that's what i do i did and, uh, in and out and in and out and then i was like no nah, i'm going for it and it took a while 
yeah that was for me the exact same thing like even though i already knew some emotional release tools from teal swan and back in 2016 um it took a lot of years for me to really go on that path mm. and crying once because you know sometimes you cry you know crying is a release but if that crying is because you're not it, it, sometimes it's secondary emotions that just keep coming over and over again when you don't deal with the primary emotions. Yeah. And, and then grief and apathy. And it's just, just it becomes a big mess. Yeah. And that takes time. It does. A lot of time, patience. Interesting, because it was like I, you enter it just wanting to fix it really fast. And then I think for most people, it just becomes life work and becomes really like, yeah yeah although what i manage with most clients that are really going for it um is that within one or two months they get to a level where they don't have symptoms anymore yeah until sometimes there is a symptom maybe after uh after a good day especially after good days these things tend to come up just like with my spiritual moment you know after a good a good thing the bad thing wants to leave the body somehow. Yeah, I feel um, like so that, it's. I feel like when your body cultivates enough safety and it's like you have enough res, resources or something, it's like the bad stuff just like goes. Oh, here, yeah. hello. Yeah. Just like uh, with the animals that shake after a fight or flight, mm. uh, when they're safe again. So the people come to to a moment where they get a form of control of their. Uh, life and, and symptoms maybe something comes up they they have learned the tools and they they're pretty good at it after maybe two or three months they apply them and they feel better maybe not completely better but they feel better and then something else pops up maybe they you know people think they're spoonies and they have limited energy so they go to the supermarket and they think going after going home they're really tired maybe they think they overdid it but no there was something going on in your unconscious mind. Maybe you were triggered. Maybe you saw a beautiful woman or a beautiful man. You thought like, I want to be loved by them. You feel your, your unworthiness is getting triggered again. So instead of being a spoonie, which, you know, like only having certain amount of, of, of spoons okay, to spend yeah. on things. No, um, you're being triggered with unworthiness or maybe any other type of emotion, maybe fear. And instead of, you know, waiting for the symptoms to pass, you need to do the active work. Um, so yeah, then they, they, if they do this again, then maybe after 20 minutes, they feel good again. And sometimes it takes two or three days. It's, it's also okay. We don't have to be robots in, in, in being really amazing at doing this stuff. It's an interesting word, triggers. Did you want to talk a little bit more about that? Because I think when people talk about triggers, they often mean you know something different. Um, so yeah, um, there, there, there's a lot of emotional load in the body. And when we are in an event, well, actually any kind, any type of event, because that's what we are, we, we are that emotion, but we can't feel it. So then something happens and then you, it's, we call it a trigger because then you get in contact with it. And maybe that is a beautiful man or woman maybe that is 
looking at your bank account and not feeling like you're a millionaire. But that's just something that triggers triggers something uh, that triggers something that is already inside of you. Yeah. And if that happens and the brain is like, oh, no, don't feel this. Don't feel this fear. Don't feel this shame. Don't feel this guilt. Don't feel this unworthiness. Don't feel this unloved feeling. Then the brain is going to protect you with symptoms. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it's not it's not the hot or the cold or they're going for the walk or the, you know, it's the emotions underneath that are being triggered. Not. Yeah. But if, if people are afraid for the walk, then there is fear. If people are afraid for the hot and cold because that's triggering their symptoms so they're they're then projecting their fear that is already inside of them on something that they've read usually mm-hmm. on facebook on, on yeah. these toxic groups because where everybody's like in a mess <laughs> yeah yeah my so, my advice always is get out of any of those groups get out of all of them join some you can join some tms groups which are focused on actual recovery but get out of um anything that identifies you with a condition yeah uh so yeah yeah it's amazing how much of like if someone might say like oh this is causing me pain and you read that like a week later that very same thing might be causing you pain yes it's how <laughs> yeah tms is it's crazy um it's crazy that we have to live in bodies that deal with tms and emotions <laughs> it is crazy it's so complex <laughs> and yet so simple at the same time exactly and you think how have we gotten it so wrong mm. yeah okay so we've been we're approaching the hour mark, so I might start wrapping up. So you've got your website, which I'm going to link in the show notes for people. Is that the best way for listeners to get in contact with you if they um, want more information or anything like that? Yeah, um, on my website, you can contact me as well for the emails. Um, you can start the, uh, it's called the Alignment Recovery Program. Um, you can book me uh, for coachings. Um, yeah, there's links to meditations and to, to my personal podcast. Mm-hmm. And there are some blogs and, you know, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a four-year-old website and been pretty, working hard on it. It's a pretty <laughs> nice looking website, I must say. It looks, it's pretty, there's a lot on there. There's a lot of resources and things. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, yeah. And mm-hmm. I also have a Facebook group, uh, but a, a non-toxic one. Yeah, <laughs> a healing one. <laughs> yes. Actually, but, I was uh, having I was having a look at that before we started because I was having a look at some of your resources and things and your Facebook group. One of them is like, you know, we talk about recovery here. <laughs> some of your rules. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to. It can't be toxic. I don't like yeah. that. I re- mm-hmm. I remove people a lot of times. It's becoming a little bit of a of a day job to to see if people are not falling into the trap of not applying the the group rules mm. but yeah um okay and then my next question is do you have um i guess like top three uh resources that you would recommend to listeners if you have a top three or yeah um from myself or from others yourself or others it can be anything 
anything that was helpful okay. for you or that you find helpful for people you coach? Um, well, there's my website. There is also um, a self-study um, mm -hmm. uh, page where I put the books that really helped me uh, in my journey. Um, and just one th one thing that really helped me was Teal Swan. Um, she she's she's really co controversial because she's so good at exposing people's pain, so that it's a huge trigger for people. You know, like. Um, Instead of looking at my own anger, I'll project it on her. Shame on, mm -hmm. on, on Teal Swan. Um, but she has a few books, and I, I even put a, two videos of her in, in the recovery program because they're just so good. So Teal Swan is, is one thing. Um, then Dr. Sarno, of course. Yeah. And then I'll say on the third place, uh, there are some meditations that I've made tms meditations and release meditations there that are on my website that are really helpful mm. yeah meditation was so helpful for me i always recommend that yeah meditation is is, is a key thing um, because otherwise you are so stressed that you can't feel your emotions anyway um, yeah beautiful then, but don't people people sometimes they start meditating uh two or three hours a day uh, oh, that's no. not necessary no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like 20 minutes. And after that, you're calmed down and then you can access your unconscious mind and then you can do the release work. Twenty, Another 20 minutes and then you're good. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, lucky last, um, if you could leave listeners with any piece of final advice, um, just one last thing, what would it be? Oh, um, one last of advice. I'm stalling time. I'm repeating the question. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a good way to stall. <laughs> well, the first thing that pops in my head is tropical beaches because it <laughs> it gives you a lot of safety and then and, and then you start enjoying yourself. And maybe you can, you know, sit in the water, see the fish, mm. calms you down. Yeah. Tropical beaches. Mine is birds. I like to see that side and watch the trees and the birds. Yeah, they're also in the tropical beaches. They they, they come together. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. This was so good, um, Daniel. I'm just going to stop the recording now. Um, okay. Thank, thank you, you very so much, much. Felicia. Thank you. <laughs>